Let us pray. O God, because without you we are unable to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I think we can certainly see evidence of how that collect that we have prayed twice now this morning uh, points us directly to the gospel and the parable of the gospel that Jesus has taught us. But I'll save that sermon for another Sunday because this morning, in just a few minutes, we're going to administer the sacrament of holy baptism to a precious little girl named Prim Minger. Her family and I have been friends for the whole of my adult Christian life, and I'm so happy to celebrate this occasion with them today and for all of us to welcome Prim into her new Christian family. And so we're going to talk about the action and the activity of the Holy Spirit through baptism. You see, in the holy mystery of baptism, the church, we will wash Prim outwardly with water, while God, her heavenly Father, will wash her inwardly with His Holy Spirit. That's the definition of a sacrament. Outward and visible signs, the washing of the water, that that communicate an inward and a spiritual grace. Indeed, this is the central concern in today's collect. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit in all things may direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, this is also the habitual prayer of the Christian life and living. Simply put, we need God each moment of every day because without Him, we are not able to please Him. So this morning, I want to talk about this Holy Spirit that God gives to us, or better said, who God gives to us, because the Holy Spirit Himself is God. He's the third member of the Trinity. Because you see, at our baptism, God gives us the very best gift we could possibly ever hope for or imagine. It is the gift of Himself. God gives us Himself in baptism. God the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of us. He dwells in our hearts and in our minds. So this morning, let's get to know the God who is living in us. First, I want to talk about this thing called regeneration. We talk about regeneration in baptism, and let's use an analogy up front. In biology, regeneration has to do with regrowth. Regrowth of something that has been damaged or something that has been destroyed. For example, a nerve or an organ or a limb. When I ruptured my disc in my back some years ago, the doctors told me that the nerves would regenerate. Unfortunately, my legs are kind of long and they only go at about an inch in a year, (laughs) so I'm still suffering some collateral damage. But the point is that they do work to regenerate themselves. In the same way, spiritually speaking, we are all in need of regeneration. We are born with this deadly spiritual disease called sin. It affects every part of our soul, our intellect, our will, and our emotions. In a sense, because of sin, we are intrinsically disordered. 
And left untreated, this spiritual disease will cause us to die an eternal death. Let's listen to the words that St. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Paul says that we were once estranged from God. We were once hostile in mind toward God. We once did evil deeds toward God. But here's the good news. The good news, Paul writes, is that Jesus has now reconciled us to Himself. He has given Himself up to death in the flesh to present us to God the Father as holy, as blameless, as irreproachable before Him. This is the act of spiritual regeneration. You see, mercifully, God has not left us to the way of sin and death. Even though we sinned against Him through our own fault, He sent Jesus Christ, His own Son, to take on flesh, to live as one of us. Jesus died the death that we ourselves deserve. He was innocent, and we are the guilty ones. But my friends, you know the story and the truth. Death could not hold Jesus in the grave. God the Father raised Him up to new life, to resurrection on the third day, and gave us the hope of everlasting life in Him. This is the Christian faith, and this is our Christian hope. And so the question becomes, how is this hope given to us? How is salvation appropriated to us? Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago. How is this gift of salvation now given to us with assurance that we can know with absolute certainty that God's love, His mercy, and His grace work in favor of us and His judgment no longer works against us? Well, Jesus instructs us that it's at least in part through baptism. Jesus says to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. St. Peter also instructs us in 1 Peter 3.21 that baptism now saves us. Jesus says to us again in Matthew 19.14, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such as these belong the kingdom of heaven. And John, who is the baptizer, teaches us in Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but He will baptize you with His Holy Spirit. And so, my friends, it's plain to see from the witness of Scripture that these merits and these mercies of Jesus Christ our Savior, they are imparted to us by the action and the activity of the Holy Spirit. They come to us in God's gift of baptism, removing the stain of original sin and beginning the inward work of regeneration by the Holy Spirit, reuniting us to God, reordering our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, remaking us into His own likeness and image, saving us from the strongholds of sin and death. It even gets better from there. As the inward regeneration of the Holy Spirit begins to take hold in our hearts, it also starts to take effect in our lives. The outward manifestation of this inward regeneration is a certain kind of renewal. The spiritual disease that was once killing our soul is now put into full remission by the work of the Holy Spirit, and this process of sanctification, this renewal of sanctification begins to show up in our lives. 
We are given certain charisms of the Spirit. Isaiah 11, 1 through 3 describes seven charisms of the Holy Spirit. Seven things that we will begin to see take hold in our lives in renewal as the Spirit works on us inwardly. They are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of excuse me, fear of the Lord. And also with this inward renewal, we will see what we call fruit in the life of the Christian. Tasty morsels of food to make others hungry for the Christian life. St. Paul describes these for us in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. And in the same way, Paul also says that we will be given gifts, supernatural qualities that will inhabit us and help us to fight the good Christian fight. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says the Holy Spirit gives us gifts like faith and healing, works of miracles and prophecy, discernment of spirit, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. All of these, Paul says, are activated by the one and the same Spirit. They are given to us as He chooses to build up the body of Christ and to bear witness to Jesus Christ in the world. But my friends, it must also continue to be said that baptism is not a magic bullet. It is God giving Himself to us, and like every other gift we receive, for it to take effect in our lives, we are obliged to put it to use. So Paul says this to us in Colossians 2.23, Provided, he says, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in faith without shifting from the hope promised to you in the gospel, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. You see, the modern idea, once saved, always saved, is just that. God has done the operative work of salvation, but ours is the cooperative work of participation. He will not force us against our will to choose a place that we do not wish to go, nor to receive an inheritance that we do not ask to have. For Jesus tells us very plainly in Matthew 12, 31, that whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks a word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come, he concludes. So my friends, today, Catrice and her family, the Minger family, are embracing their responsibility to bring Prim to the fount of baptism where she will receive grace upon grace and to continue to nourish her in the word and the sacrament of the Christian life unto eternal life. And Christian brothers and sisters, let us all tend to our mutual responsibility, as I know that we will, to will and to work and to witness to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. For as our collect informs us, without God we are unable to please Him. And surely the corollary is also true. With God, we absolutely are 